Oh, there we are. There's something beautiful about just worshiping the Lord um, in song and with your instruments and with everything that you have. Um, if we could all just be finally free and, and just enjoy, enjoy the beauty of God and, and get lost in, uh, in his mercy. Can you, are these things, is this in the monitors back there? Can you take it out of the, maybe the monitors? I feel like it's behind me. I feel like my voice is behind me or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. If you have your Bibles this morning, take out your Bibles and turn to Proverbs. Um, so we're finally, uh, to just follow that theme, we're finally finished with Romans. And I don't know about you, but um, that was probably one of my favorite books that we've preached through so far as a church, um, is the book of Romans. There's just so much, so much good truth, so much sound doctrine, and then so much practical um, advice at the end of the book on how to live. Um, and the, I think Proverbs is a great follow-up because Proverbs is a, is a very practical book um, for us to study on wisdom. How do we live wise? Um, I don't know about you. But we all want to, we have a strong desire to win at life. How many, how many of you guys have a strong desire to win? Just five of, okay. Bunch of losers. All right. Okay, well, we better, we're going to have to work here then a little bit. No, we, we have a desire to win at life, don't you? Um, we want to be successful. Don't you want to be successful at parenting? How many of you want to be successful at parenting? How many of you want to launch your kids well? You want to see them go out. You want to see them love Jesus with all their heart. You want to see them get a job. You want to see them move out of your house and into their own, into their own life. Amen, right? Can I get an amen? Everybody, any parent wants that. Don't hold, if, if not, then you, you're just spoiling your kids too much. Um, we want that. We want, to win. we want to win in our finances, don't we? How many of you want to win at finances? How many of you want to have a great marriage? I mean, we have 27 couples signed up for our, for our marriage retreat. That's great. We want to win at marriage. We want tips to how we can have a better marriage. We want to win at our jobs, don't you? Do you want to, you want to win at your jobs? You want to do well in your job? I do. Kids, I, most of you probably want to win at school, right? No? Who cares? Tim has senioritis, so he's done went, trying to win at school. Yeah, winning at school means graduating. Okay. We want to graduate from school, right? And so here's what we do. We want to win at life, and so we search for tips and strategies that will help us in being successful. Now, the question is for us is where do we look for the answers to life's questions about parenting? about finances, about marriage, about our jobs, about how we, how we work, how we're in relationship with, we, with each other. Where do we look to, for the answers to those questions? And I think the answer to this is paramount. I'm guessing that's that microphone there this morning. It's just a guess. Um, so if you, if you walked into my office, my shelves 
are filled with books, right? How many of you guys have shelves filled with books on tips and containing tips on how to do better at this or that? You know, the, my, my shelves, here's a few titles. The Master's Plan for the Church. Well, yeah, the Master does have a plan for the church, doesn't he? Or maybe the externally focused church. Well, we definitely need to have some tips for how we're going to be out in the community. Or the emotionally healthy leader. Um, or seeker small groups. Or, get this, here's, here's some tips. The 17 indisputable laws of teamwork, right? <laughs> indisputable. These are indisputable things. You do these things and you will have teamwork down to a science, right? We have so much information. And the truth is, we have, we have plenty of information. Um, and we have more tips than you could possibly ever live out. There, is more, there are more tips on my shelves. If I tried to do all those things, I would wear myself out. Um, but in fact, <laughs> I'm not even living out um, all, of those, all of those things. Um, Warren Wiersbe says this in his commentary. He says, we are living in the information age, right? True. Lots of information. But we certainly are not living in the age of wisdom. And there's a difference between information and tips and wisdom. Being wise, thank you, being wise is different than knowing a lot of information. Being wise is putting that information into practice. And Proverbs is, is more than simply one-sentence sayings because the wisdom found in Proverbs is linked to a person. And my, my prayer is that as we go through the book of Proverbs, that everything that we study, that you will come out on the other side and realize that Jesus Christ is wisdom and that this is more than tips about how to be a better person, how to be a better you, or how to do better in your job, or how to have better relationships, that wisdom is, is Jesus, and it's found in Jesus. And a relationship with Jesus Christ will make you wise for everyday life. My prayer is that that is what you will find when we read through Proverbs. Every time we preach, that it will come down to Jesus. And it will come down to this idea that it's a relationship with Jesus Christ that will make you wise for everyday life. Do you believe that? Sometimes I think, I think we don't. I think that we, we are just so busy pursuing the next, we're so busy pursuing tips and not the person of Christ. And so we treat the Bible the same way that we treat the books on the shelf. We're just looking to try to find information to fix this thing right today. My prayer is that we would fall in love with Jesus. It's a relationship with Jesus, and that is what will make you wise. And that, is what will, that relationship will make you wise for everyday living. So let's start Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, beginning with the first verse, and uh, let's look at that. The Proverbs of Solomon, 
son of David, king of Israel. And I'm going to preach through these first seven verses this morning. It says, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And I want to start this morning um, just with, with an introduction first and then looking at these next verses. I want to start with this, just this first verse here, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. The first, actually this, this book is designed, this is designed to where the first nine chapters are the introduction. Um, and, and you thought my sermons were long. Oh, and we're going to be here a while this morning, just so you know. But the, the first nine chapters is just the intro to Proverbs. Um, and so, and then the verses that we're going to look at this morning are basically consider them like a skeleton outline for the next nine chapters. They're just going to lay out what happens in the next nine chapters. In fact, if you stay with us all the way to chapter nine, you're going to find that, that Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He's going to actually conclude his introduction in chapter nine with these same, this same verse. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So questions, a couple questions to ask ourselves. What is a proverb? What is a proverb? And you start to read about it, and it, it's kind of difficult to define. Here's, here's some definitions. Proverb is a short sentence drawn from long experience. Short sentence drawn from long experience. Kenneth Burke says it this way. He says, shorthand for situations in life that recur often enough that people feel they need to have a name for them. I'm going to read that again. It's shorthand, or maybe a post-it note, if you will, for situations in life that recur often enough that people feel they need to have a name for them. Proverbs name and size up situations, giving those who use and hear them guidance on how to respond. And Proverbs are never simple ancient deposits of wisdom Rather, they are sayings designed to provoke a response in those who hear them and relate them to life. Proverbs are designed to provoke a response in those who hear them and relate them to life. So what is the theme? What's the theme of Proverbs? Thank you. The wisdom of Jesus. If we were to name the theme in one word, it would be wisdom. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. In fact, the words wise and wisdom occur at least 120 to 125 times in this book. And, and the purpose of Proverbs is to help us discover and apply God's wisdom to the decisions and the activities of our daily lives. They wrestle with some of the most difficult questions of life. Um, you're going to wrestle with questions about parenting, questions about family, Questions about how we conduct business. Questions about your purpose in life. 
questions about the heart, questions about how we govern and, and rule a nation, and questions even about how you govern as parents and rule your family. All of these things are wrapped up in, in these Proverbs. Um, Proverbs belongs to uh, the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, uh, which includes Job, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Wisdom's important, and it, and it's imp- it was important to the kings and rulers of that day. Every, ru- every ruler, every king had his wise counsel. If you look through the Old Testament, you'll find that they were always consulting wise counselors. Think about, think about Joseph in Egypt. Joseph was known as, as a man who had wisdom. And the Pharaoh would come to Joseph. And in fact, the Pharaoh recognized the wisdom of Joseph so much that he made him second in command. And it was Joseph's wisdom that kept the, na- the nation of Egypt safe during famine. And so every, every nation, think about Daniel and his friends in Babylon. <laughs> right, why wouldn't we? Daniel had a ton of wisdom and his friends, so much that Nebuchadnezzar leaned on him for wisdom. Wisdom is desirable and, and it was desirable too then for the writer of Proverbs. So much so that when Solomon became king, one of the first things that he, he did was go to the Lord and pray. I want you to turn back to 1 Kings and I want you to see this. Um, by the way, who, who wrote Proverbs? Solomon wrote a lot of the Proverbs. Turn back to, to 1 Kings chapter 3. Along with Solomon, the men of Hezekiah um, wrote some of the last, last chapters of this book. Agur wrote Proverbs, was, his sayings were in Proverbs 30 and King Lemuel in Proverbs 31. But Solomon, he's no different than any other king or ruler. He's young and he needs wisdom. And so what does he do? What do we do when we need wisdom? He sought God. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, in verse 7, we read, now, here's what Solomon says, now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people too numerous to count. So, here's what he asks from God. And by the way, God gives him the opportunity and says, you can ask for anything. Ask for anything, Solomon. This is what he asks for. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Solomon, he's young, and yet he has the wisdom to ask God. God, I don't know how to carry out my duties. So I'm asking you to to give me wisdom Give me a discerning heart to govern your people, to distinguish between right and wrong. Solomon asks for wisdom, wisdom to rule the people, and God granted his request. And we know that Solomon becomes the wisest man 
um, ever to live. Um, we need wisdom to govern the nations, to govern nations. In a sense, wisdom is royal. It's royal. Wisdom governs nations well. Wisdom also governs families well. Parents, we need wisdom from God. We don't know how to carry out our duties. Our prayer should be the same as that of Solomon. God, I don't know how to carry out my duties. I need your help. It's true in any situation in life. And God grants Solomon's request. In fact, in 1 Kings 4, 29, it says that God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breath of understanding as measureless as the sands on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan the Ezrahite, wiser than Hermon, Calcol, and Darda, the sons of Mahol. And his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life, from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. From all the nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had, feared, who had heard of his wisdom. Wow, the wisest man. And if you know much about Solomon, <laughs> you know that wisdom is only effective if it's applied. You're only really wise if you can effectively apply wisdom. Unfortunately, um, where there's wisdom, there's also folly. And Solomon, he starts out well, doesn't he? You guys know the story of Solomon? Solomon starts out well, but then he goes away from his own advice. He's going to tell you in these chapters, to avoid the adulterous woman. Thanks, Deb. You're on it this morning, man. I can't get ahead. Oh, well, there you go. Yes. <laughs> and so he begins, he begins well, but you know what his, his folly was? Foreign women. God told him, don't intermarry. Don't marry outside of the nation of Israel. Solomon didn't even follow his own advice, and he became the fool. Um, and his heart turned away from God, and he loved these foreign wives more than he loved God. And not only did he love them, but he also built high places for every one of his wives to worship their own gods. This is the nation of Israel. The Lord our God is one God. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Solomon, in all of his wisdom, as smart as he was, didn't follow his own advice. Wisdom is only good, as good as it is applied to our lives. And the Lord became angry with Solomon, and the peace that he had enjoyed when he followed the wisdom of the Lord, left him. The Lord raised up adversaries that opposed him and his kingdom. God was merciful and said, Solomon, I'm not going to take the kingdom away from you, 
but I'm going to take it away from your sons. And we know that um, after Solomon dies, Rehoboam, his son, takes the kingdom, and the kingdom gets divided. God is faithful to his word. The kingdom gets divided, and we find that the nation of Judah, out of the line of true wisdom, true kingly wisdom that comes through Jesus, is preserved. And just like Solomon, we need wisdom to rule well. As parents, you need wisdom, don't you? I do. As, as a spouse, I need the wisdom that comes from God to love my wife well. As a leader of Crossroads Community Church, I need the wisdom of God to govern well. This is my prayer. God, I don't know how to carry out my duties. I need you. I need you to give me the discerning spirit to govern your people, to govern my family well, to distinguish between right and wrong, and to have the wisdom to understand it. God, I need you. And all of us, we should be crying out to God for wisdom. And my desire is that as we go through this book, you would find yourself seeking God for life's questions, for the answer to life's questions. That God would be the first place that you would go. You say, God, I need you. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know how to work the situation out, God, but I need your wisdom. That we would pick up the word of God before we look at all the other sources of information that are out there. And, and knowing this, that a relationship with Jesus will make you wise for everyday life. It's that relationship with Christ. Jesus is wisdom. He is the wisdom of God. And so we seek his face the same as Solomon did. All right. So, a couple of questions. Why? Why do we need Jesus' wisdom? And, and how do we get it? Are two questions that I want to answer this morning. And so in verse 2, he starts to outline why we need wisdom. He says, wisdom is for attaining wisdom and discipline. In other words, wisdom, we need wisdom for correction. He, he puts wisdom and discipline together here, and it's a, it's a sense where it's, it's instruction is the word. Maybe some of your word says instruction in the sense of, of correction. Um, sometimes we have to apply discipline and correction to our children, don't we? Do, you, do, do children just come out wise? They think they do. Right? Some of them think they do. They come out and they think they know everything. Well, if they don't know everything when they're real small, then they kind of get into that, that age of knowing everything. Yeah, like maybe teenage years. And, um, and, and then they come around again and their brains fully develop at about 25 and they realize that they don't, didn't ever know everything. And then they acknowledge that uh, they didn't know everything and that you were wiser than they were. But in the meantime... Wisdom of parents is for correction, right? It's for wisdom and discipline and instruction. We have to instruct them. This, this idea here is this idea of a discipleship-type relationship where you can be warned that, hey, you're going in the wrong direction, or you can be rebuked 
when needed. Sometimes you have to rebuke your kids. And sometimes we need to rebuke each other. It's this, this wisdom allows ourselves to be rebuked, to be corrected, to, to go in a diff, maybe to be corrected, to go in a different way or to think differently. And then punished if you don't listen. Dealing with consequences, being corrected and punished if you don't listen. Are you hearing this, young people? And your parents are, are wise and they're given this responsibility to instruct you, to train you, to correct you. Um, that's their job. That's my job as a parent. Um, I think we also need that as adults. Um, a question for you, a wise question. Do you have any relationships in your life right now where someone can correct you? Someone can say, what do you think you're doing there? I'm not sure that's what you should be doing. Do you have those kind of people in your life? Proverbs is for attaining wisdom and discipline. And then he goes on and he says it's for understanding words of insight. Wisdom is for understanding words of insight. Understanding is this idea of discerning. And I think understanding is something that's developed in our lives. We develop discernment. You develop discernment from people who are wiser than you, people who counsel you and maybe, maybe help you shape the way that you think. Wisdom, discernment, understanding, it's the ability to decipher good advice from bad advice. Think about it this way. Um, how many of you watched Disney movies? Okay. And, and, if, and kids, you're probably not even going to see this. Disney movies are the worst at giving you really bad words of insight. Bad, they're not even words of insight. Bad advice. How Every Disney movie is going to say this. Every Disney movie says, follow your heart. Thank you. And what does it say? That's wisdom, isn't it? Follow your heart. The heart is wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can know it? No, we don't follow our heart. And wisdom is the ability to understand words of insight and to understand bad advice as well. And so this, this wisdom that comes from God helps us to be able to discern what we're hearing. Is this right? That is wisdom. Wisdom for understanding words of insight. Don't take your theology from Disney, I would say that. And I think you're going to find that later in this book of Proverbs. Be very careful about what you hear. I said this before. Even... Even the IPTV channel, there's one thing that really bothers me. Um, it's, there's only one thing, just one. Who's the, who's the guy that says, and I said, hey, what a wonderful time of day. Arthur, thank you. He says, believe in yourself. That's the place to start. I'm like, ah, I, don't, I don't like that advice. I think believe in Jesus, and that's the place to start. Um, it just is a little, it just, 
bothers me just a little bit because it's, it's the self-psychology sort of, anyway, moving on. You got to watch these things. Kids, you need to listen different. Parents, you need to teach your kids and, and correct those things that are not right. You're wise. It's your job to train them. Said way more than I wanted to say there. Um, the third thing is this. Wisdom, the Proverbs of Solomon, is for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. Wisdom is for a prudent life. We looked at this at the end of Romans, didn't we? It says, be wise about what is good. Romans 16, 19 says, be excellent. Be wise about what is good. Be skillful at it. Live wisely. Solomon is saying that this, this book, these Proverbs, are going to help you to live wisely. This, this book isn't meant to, to help you have a, it's, it's not meant as a book of information to increase your IQ. That's not what this is about. This is not an IQ booster so that you have all the right answers. Um, I don't know. When you, when you, play, when you play games, it's about changing the way that you live. It's for gaining, for giving, for, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life. This, this book needs to seep into everything about your life and it translates into, into changing what you do and how you live. He says there that it's for acquiring life, for doing what is right and just and fair. That's prudent living. Prudence is doing what is right, just, and fair. And so this book is to open our eyes to right and wrong, to good and evil, and then to following and doing the right thing, living righteously, responding according, appropriately to circumstances, treating other people without favoritism, these are the ways that we live a prudent life, doing what is right, knowing good and evil. Hebrews 5.14 says this. He says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This is solid food here in Proverbs designed to develop a discerning heart. And, the, and how do we develop a discerning heart? By putting into practice the things that we learn. Solomon missed that. <laughs> he missed it. I don't know if his wisdom went to his head and he thought he knew better than God. That's what a fool does. A fool thinks that he knows better than God. Satan was foolish in the garden. Did God really say that? I, I think I know better than God. And Adam and Eve were foolish <laughs> to go after that fruit, to go after self-wisdom. Why did God, here's a question, why did God forbid them to have the knowledge of good and evil. Why couldn't they eat that fruit? Here's a thought about that. Maybe it's because 
God wanted Adam and Eve to go to him for the source of wisdom. Wanted to, them to lean on him for the source of wisdom. Maybe that's why he forbid that. But they wanted wisdom in their own way, in their own eyes. <laughs> because of that, um, here we are, <laughs> sinful as we are, hearts deceived by Arthur, by Disney. And, yeah. Jesus said it this way. He said, everyone who hears these words of mine, hearing, and does them, doing in the hands is like a man who, a wise man who built his house on the rock. Wisdom is for prudent living. You can't just be hearers, you must be doers. And then he goes on and he says in verse, it is in the book of James. And then he says in verse 5, he says, and let the wise, or in verse 4, he says, forgiving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Wisdom is for knowledge and discretion for the young. One of the kings of Egypt wrote this. He says, there is no one born wise. Think about that. There is no one born wise. And Solomon writes these proverbs to the young. Solomon's intention in writing this is to train his children to be wise. You're going to see over and over, my son, listen to the instruction. His instruction is aimed towards the simple, towards those who are young. The young, they're, they're not wise or foolish yet, are they? The young are neither wise nor foolish. Young people are still gullible, They'll believe the most recent thing they've heard. Um, they'll watch Arthur and they'll believe, yep, believe in yourself. They'll watch Disney and go, yep, I'm going to follow my heart. You know, they'll believe those things. They're easily impressionable. But at one point, the young will come to a fork in the road. And they'll either choose to the path of wisdom or they'll choose the path of folly. I watched this happen growing up. Grew up, had a best friend. Uh, we, we did paper routes, you know, we did paper routes to get together. Uh, he delivered the York Daily, I delivered the Lincoln Journal. And, um, and we were just two peas in a pod, did everything together. Um, about sixth grade, um, we just, we separated ways. We started going down different paths. He started hanging out with the, the wild crowd and I was like, I'm not doing that. And so I'm, I'm hanging out with the, the good, clean-cut guys that do the right thing most of the time. Um, most of the time. Um, most of the time. Um, and, and you could just see two paths taking place. Um, unfortunately, my friend just kept down the path of folly. And, and destroyed his life. He's living with his parents now at 44, 40-something. 40 um, be careful. Um, forgiving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Parents, I would say this to you. 
as the ones who are giving knowledge and discretion to your children, don't be afraid to give your kids consequences. I know I'm preaching to myself too. Their brains aren't fully developed yet. They need you to give them correction, to give them discipline. They need you to help them, as we were talking about in message community, to, to pull the thread all the way to the end and to see the end where the, where the thread goes, right? They need you to do that. They can't do that for themselves. They, they can't. They don't know. They need wisdom. They need wise counsel from you as parents. Don't abdicate your responsibility. Your job as parents is to, is to bring wisdom, knowledge, and discretion to your youth. And then he goes on and he says in verse, in verse 5, And let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Wisdom is, it's not just for youth. Wisdom is, for, is guidance for the experienced. Doesn't, doesn't being wise mean that you've arrived and that you've come to a place where you don't need wisdom anymore? No. Uh, it's interesting that the wise continue to add to their learning. The wise man realizes that he doesn't know it all. And in fact, maybe as you get older, you realize that you, you know less than you did know. Right? That's wisdom. One of the questions for, your, for our small groups, there's a statement, there's a quote in there that says, wisdom is a path and not a destination. Wisdom is a path and not a destination. We never arrive at wisdom. We will always be pursuing it. And so then the question is, how do we get wisdom? What is the key to having wisdom and discipline, living a prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, growing and discerning right and wrong? How do we get it? Verse 7 is the theme of Proverbs. This is the key to the whole book of Proverbs. And it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Wisdom is anchored in the fear of the Lord. The fear, the reverence of God is, is the beginning of wisdom. In fact, I believe that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and it's the end of, the, of wisdom. We don't just start in the fear of the Lord. We don't just start by revering the Lord. We continue in reverence to the Lord all the time. To get wisdom, we must depend upon God rather than ourselves. Wisdom never depends on yourself. We trust God, and we seek God to find wisdom. Every detail of your life must be lived in the fear of the Lord. There's no divide between sacred and secular. Everything is sacred about life. Everything. We can't put God into a compartment of religious activity and things like going to church, maybe, is that's where we fear the Lord. Or having our devotions, well, that's when I'm going to fear the Lord. Or going on a mission trip to Big Creek this summer, that's when I'm going to fear the Lord. Our work, our parenting, young people, how you respond to your parents when they correct you and discipline you, our relationship with our spouse, how we spend our money and finances, everything is lived in the fear of the Lord. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. And it's the end of wisdom at the end of the day. All of these things begin with the fear of the Lord. Every aspect of our lives. The only way that we can live as wise people is to trust the Lord and be in relationship with him. Again, to the main idea, a relationship with Jesus will make you wise for everyday life. And so gaining wisdom, it's not about finding tips and strategies so that you can win at life. Gaining wisdom is about being in relationship with an all-wise king. And it's not Solomon. It's Jesus. Wisdom is a person. Colossians 2, 2 and 3 says, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. And listen to this. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All of it. He is the wise king. We can fear the Lord and we can trust him. And we can find wisdom for every day living, every circumstance that you face in life. Your wisdom can be found in Jesus because he is all wise, all knowing, every treasure, every treasure of wisdom and knowledge is found in him. 1 Corinthians says it this way. He says, We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Again, he's pointing out it doesn't depend on us, we don't find it in ourselves. We find it in Jesus. It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. In fact, Jesus is the one that describes himself as, in in Matthew chapter 12, the one that is greater than Solomon. The one greater than Solomon stands among you. There is no one wiser than Jesus. Wisdom is is found in the person of Christ. And wisdom is just a question away. Just like Solomon, you need wisdom. In fact, James says it this way. That's right. If any of you lacks wisdom, what? He should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. That verse is the, th- is become, is the theme of my life right now. In my parenting, I don't have to have all the tips of Proverbs mastered as a parent. I need to ask the question, Jesus, I need wisdom just for right now. I need wisdom for today to know how to to deal with this situation. In my finances, wisdom is a question away. Jesus, 
what do you want me to do in this situation? In leading the church, every time, man, I pray this prayer multiple, multiple times a day. God, what do you want me to do? Lord, I don't know how, I don't know how to dispel, I don't know how to do my duties, as Solomon said. I need a wise and discerning heart right now. We don't have to have all of the answers because Jesus does. And wisdom is a question away and wisdom is found in the person of Christ. Heed the warning, that last sentence there. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fools think they know everything. They're arrogant. They refuse to be corrected. A couple of questions to think about as we end. Am I one who is open um, to the instruction of the Lord? Are you open to the instruction of God? Even if his advice goes against what you wanted, what you want to do. Are you, are you a person that's, that's humble enough to seek his counsel? Or do you just think that you know it all? Or do you just give God, do you just give God maybe this piece over here? I might ask your advice over here, but you know what? Over here, I already, I know what I'm doing, God. I don't really need your help over here. My person who thinks I'm always right. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. And so in fear, we, we seek God's face and we ask him for wisdom. And I want us to do this right now. Whatever maybe circumstances are in your life, whatever it is that you need wisdom for, I want to encourage you right now as we pray, um, ask God. God gives generously to all without finding fault. That's his promise there. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. Father, we, we still need you, God. Um, we continue to need you, God, every hour of our lives, Lord. We thank you <laughs> for being all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful. God, we worship you as an all-wise king. Um, the one who, who lived perfectly, who followed, <laughs> who followed your father's wisdom, who followed your father's counsel, not only hearing it, God, but doing it. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God, for what you've done for us in bringing us into this relationship, into this place, God, where we can come before your throne with confidence and that we can, 
we can ask and make requests of you, God, and that you hear us, that we can come with <laughs> syrup on our fingers, God. We can come with, with, with dirty hands and maybe crumbs on our, on our face, and, and, um, and Lord, you, you answer us. Um, God, you, you answer us, and so we're thankful, God, for that. Lord, we come to you, God, uh, just needing wisdom, needing guidance, God, every hour, every day. Jesus, thank you for um, being in relationship with us, God, so that we can be wise um, in everyday life. Lord, we worship you, God, and we come and sing before you right now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.